Welcome back, Cal listeners. This is Methodical Millions, episode 26. Cal, we covered options last week, and you mentioned a good point about the Greeks. I wanted to delve into that a little bit more today. What are your opinions on those, and how do they work? The Greeks are, if you like to think of them as tools that can help you understand the option more in terms of how the option can behave or would behave or what is it sensitive to the most. So there are different aspects to the options, right? If the option is at the money, in the money, or out of the money, if the option is in short-term expiration or has a very long expiry date, let's say it expires in three months, one year or more for some options as well. So these, what we call Greeks, are basically aspects that can teach you the behavior of the option. First, we talked about the delta. So delta basically measures the dollar value of the change in the price of the option for every $1 change in the price of the underlying stock. So let's say a stock is at $100. The add the money option usually would be, let's say for that stock is X. So the delta for it would be 0.50. So if the underlying goes to 101, then in that case, the option price would go up by 50 cents, right? And if it goes down $1, the price of the option would go down 50 cents because the delta is 0.50. So that's basically how the delta works. Yeah. So for delta, it seems like it's not a fixed number. So I wanted to make a clarifying point that we didn't really discuss last time. Delta itself has its own rate of change. So as you get closer in the money or out of the money, depending on the direction of the underlying, options are tricky because it's not a fixed linear equation. So most people will say, well, I bought Apple at 100 and now Apple's at 200. I've doubled my money in five years. And options are fleeting. The Delta can change every second. And if I'm not mistaken... There's a lot of relational factors there. So as the option gets closer to expiry, the value can change as well, right, Cal? And is Delta the most important or the most fundamental to studying options? Is that the ground base for most people? Can you essentially just study Delta and get by? What's your opinion on how complex should you know these before trading them? What are your thoughts on that? I personally find options can be very complex. The understanding of them is manageable. You can understand them, but basically understanding how these options can work around the Greeks is very important. And every day that goes by and I learn more about them, I find them more important. And just to touch on the Delta, like you mentioned, has its own rate of change. And that is actually explained by the next Greek, which is Gamma. So the Gamma is how much would the delta of the option change if the price of the underlying moves $1? Now, we know the delta is the rate of change of the option price. But like you said, if the underlying stock keeps going up, for example, then the delta keeps increasing. And like you said, it has to do also a bit with where the option lies in terms of is it at the money, in the money, out the money, deep in the money. So I've got Wikipedia open regarding delta. And what it's saying is, If you have a 0.25 delta out of one, apparently that's actually a 25% probability that the option will expire in the money. Whereas if you're deep in the money, you can almost buy this position blind. So if you have the capital on hand, 
this is what I've come to notice with options. So deep in the money means something $10 a share higher than the strike price. And as I'm studying these, what I've noticed is if you buy something deep in the money and it has momentum, we're not going to factor the risk part of it right now, but let's say everything goes right. The underlying is moving up. Here's what's really cool. So you've got one option contract that's 100 shares in weight. When you're deep in the money, that probability of being in the money is 100% at that moment in time. So there's almost some calculus involved because when you're in the money, that's basically what it's moving by. And I think there's also a relation to short expiries that make a high delta. I don't know if that's true. Could you get a delta of 100 on an in the money leap as well as a weekly option? Is there a relation there, Cal? Yeah, that's also a point I wanted to mention is a lot of people think of deltas as the probability of that option being in the money. So when I look at deltas, if I look at something with a 10 delta, it means there's a 10% chance it's going to be in the money. If it's a 70 delta, that means it's going to be 70% chance that option is going to be in the money. So using a call option, for example, and assuming the stock is going to all go up, let's say the stock price at that moment is $100. So you could have an option that's expiring the same day and that call option with a $90 strike that expires the same day could be a one delta. But if you're looking at a leap, it might not be a one delta. It might be an 80 delta, which is a 0.8 delta. You can think of it as probability of being in the money at expiration. That's what I'm trying to wrap my head around. So if delta is probability in the money and a leap, which is likely an option expiring in a year or longer, that's the name of it. Why would it have an 80 delta versus 100 delta on a weekly if they're both in the money? So let's say you have the same strike price and the cost of the option are different, presumably. Maybe you'll spend $2,500 on an in the money weekly call option that's deep in the money, $10 a share. And that's 100 delta. Things are going right for the option. But what about the leap? Why would it be 80 delta if you're also deep in the money by $10 a share? Are there other factors? Why is the Delta different in that case, specifically? This would be a good segue for the other Greeks. I'm going to mention them briefly because they do have an effect here. So when you're looking at a short-term expiration, something expiring today, that option has very little time left. So what is the likelihood of that option expiring in the money in the same day? And it's $10 below the trading price of 100 and it's at the strike price of 90, that call option. So it becomes less sensitive to the other Greeks, which are theta, which is time decay, and vega, which is implied volatility. But what this delta is telling you, because you have no much time left, what's the likelihood of that stock dropping $10 in a matter of a few hours? Not very likely. So based on how volatile that underlying is, it's not a crazy day of volatility and the delta is one, meaning there's a 100% chance that that option will expire in the money because it expires at the end of the day. However, if you look at an option that's a leap, so very long expiration, one year or more, and even though in two years, maybe the stock might close at 200 or 250, who knows where it would be, but it could also go to the other direction. So what this is saying is there is more time available that it can possibly have the underlying stock close below 90 in a matter of two years. That might be possible. So it's more sensitive to the theta that's left and the vega especially. So the volatility could actually cause that in two years time, 
that option can possibly close out of the money or add the money. So the delta will not be the same as a delta that expiring in a week or in a day, for example. The closer to expiration you are, the less sensitive the option would be to the volatility of the underlying stock. Yeah. I want to make a point. So again, back to Wikipedia, delta is defined as the measure of the rate of change of the option value. And thinking back to calculus days, a rate of change is actually the derivative of acceleration. So how quickly is something accelerating or decelerating? And I think it's a good analogy. So you have something speeding up or slowing down. And if you measure delta on an option that was 100 that morning and maybe you check an hour later and it's in at 80, that is a decelerating signal, I suppose, where it may give you an idea to exit or lock in profits or cut losses, for example. So is there any math to thinking of it that way? At least any idea of saying, should I watch this delta as I'm holding a position? Is that a good idea? What do you think? Yes, I believe it's a very good idea. And I do believe it can be an indication of the position of that option. So let's say you buy a call option with a 80 delta. And then because of the volatility, approaching expiration, and then you notice that the delta has been dropping. So that's an indication of, first of all, the option is losing value. And second of all, you can think of it as it's less probable that now the option would expire in the money. So if it drops to, let's say, a delta of 40, now you know that the option is more likely to actually expire out of the money. And you've lost so much in terms of value. So the short answer is yes, I would use the delta as an indication of if I should exit. But it is subjective in the sense of to what level does it drop to or change for me to exit or enter. That can be used and is used actually by a lot of options traders. Just a quick example, some option sellers would sell a really out of the money option, right? So they would sell, let's say, a put option with a 16 delta. So there is effectively a 84% chance of that option expiring out of the money, which is what you want as a seller. You want it to expire out of the money because that's how you make your money. Let's say that delta goes from 16 to 30 or 40. So now there's more likely that that out of the money option you sold as an option seller would expire in the money. So there's more likely that you end up losing on the option. So you want the option to expire. You're on the opposite end of the trade. So you want it to expire out of the money, but it's more likely now that it's going to get in the money. So you need to know when to cut your losses. And a lot of people do that and end up exiting the position based on the rate of change of the delta. Yeah, cutting losses, as we talked about, is an interesting concept. And I find when you have a fixed amount of capital, you could have $100 in your trading account. I know most brokers need like 25K or something, but it's definitely psychologically hard to do. So I think... What we're getting at is the more you study, the more prepared you'll be to notice the signs of a moving option premium or a moving market, a moving underlying, all that kind of stuff. So let's talk about the direction. When you think of calls and puts, the deltas will actually be signified in opposite directions. So it looks like a call could have a zero to one delta. I think my broker shows zero to 100, which is the math for 100 shares, which I actually prefer. 
So you have less mental math in your head when you're analyzing these. But puts have a negative delta. So the idea is how much will it move in the other direction? So does that make sense, Cal? Why do puts have a negative delta? Is it just to make it easier to know which direction the option is going in? That's exactly it. It's a directional sign. So that negative is saying that, let's say, again, looking at an underlying stock that's priced at $100. Let's say add $100 and add the money call option would usually have a 50 delta. And then add the money put option would, on the other hand, have a negative 50 delta. It's still the same, but it just shows you that the direction the underlying stock moves. In this case, for the put option, it would drop by 50 cents per dollar move of the underlying. So it's a directional sign, but the behavior is the same. Yeah. So that's what I want to get my head around. So if a put option has a negative 50 delta, the put option will still appreciate as the stock drops. So you actually gain option premium as the underlying drops. I think it really just is directional, right? If you're going short or buying a put, you want the stock to drop. You want the underlying to come down in price, or that's the bet. So very good point conceptually about at the money. And why is the call option at a 50 delta at the money? Because it's just assigning math to probabilities. And I'm really not the expert. I never studied probabilities. But if you think about it, if something's at the money, no one really knows which direction it's going to go in. That's why the probability of 50% is assigned. And because the goal is to measure performance of a call, there's an implied direction when you buy a call. You are long. You're not buying a call to not go long. You're buying to have it appreciate. So inherently, the indicator should be positive. So if things go well, that's why you should know, okay, well, I'm at the money. There's a 50% chance the option will appreciate. That's kind of funny to think about. So not only is the probability 50%, but you'll make $50 a share going up a dollar. Is that the case for every underlying and every strike? Or I guess we talked about that, maybe just short-term expiries. Correct. So just to quickly touch on that, that's basically it. It's because you have to account for the volatility, right? So generally, you have a bullish sentiment by buying that call option. When you think of volatility, it's a swing for the underlying. So it could go either direction. So there's a 50% chance. And add the money call option with the 50 delta would basically go up by 50 cents or the option itself would go up by $50 for every dollar move in the underlying. That is correct. And that's leverage. Yeah, so that starts to make more sense. It's a lot about probability and it's very much an indicator. So not only will you see your leveraged return, so in our case, an at-the-money option expiring in a week where it's at-the-money right now will make you $50 an option contract per dollar movement in the share. So it is absolutely leverage. It's very risky because as we said, if the option turns and just based on time or the underlying could drop 5%, your leverage is so high and I'm still learning how the math works behind it. But from personal experience, if an underlying moves 3 to 5%, your option could move 300% or some huge amount of money. And similarly, it could go the other way and never return because options do have an expiry. So for some, it's like playing with fire, but I'm just really in awe of how cool they are and what you can do with them. They are very fascinating because an option gives you the right to purchase or sell, depending if you're buying a call or a put. 
a hundred shares of that underlying. So hence, first of all, you have a similar amount of control of 100 shares of that underlying. The option is leveraged. And the other hand, options are not assets. So they depreciate, they have an expiration. After their expiration, they're no good. You're just worthless. So because of that, they're not assets. So you have different variables to that. And if used correctly, you can really, like you mentioned, accelerate that leverage to your advantage, but it's a double-edged sword. There are derivatives. You can think of options as a security as opposed to an actual asset because it's not an asset, but that's where active traders really try to capitalize on that leverage. Yeah, that's probably the best point I've heard, which is they're not assets. I like that because you might sit there and say, what happened? I've got no money left. My option expired, but it's not an asset. So you're not entitled to money. You better be learning all the different factors at play. So there's one more point I wanted to make. If we look at the probability of a call, and let's use something that's slightly out of the money, so it's not exactly at a 50%. Let's say it's at a 40 delta. So assuming a similar expiry, I believe the exact same strike with the same expiry, so the opposite trade, which is a put, would have a 60 delta, I think. Is that correct? I think there's a one minus the delta relation, or in my case, it would be 100 minus 40. We'd give you the put delta. So you can almost use them together to say, okay, well, my call is at 40, the underlying is moving down, and then you'll automatically know that the put's at 60, or can you place a hedging bet opposite to each other? What do you think? Yes, that's correct. It won't be necessarily exactly the same, but it'll be around the 60 delta. So combined, they would have value of one. So 40 delta for the call, and let's say an absolute value for the put delta of 60, then that's combined delta of one. 40% chance for the call option to close or expire in the money, but that means that put option is already in the money at a 60 delta. There are ways where you can reduce the sensitivity of the option strategy that you have to delta. So we call it being delta neutral. So if you buy a call that's at the money with a 50 delta and you buy a put that's at the money with a negative 50 delta, they effectively write each other off. So the delta becomes zero. So that means that that option combination of the put and call is delta neutral it's not sensitive as much to the delta change, but then you still have gamma, you still have theta, you still have vega. So as this underlying stock moves and let's say it moves higher, so the gamma would affect the delta. The call option would slightly go up and the delta of the put option will slightly drop and then you become positive delta again, but at a smaller rate. And that's how these strategies or spreads, if you like, depending on what you're doing, the combination of options that you have can move, but it will be less sensitive to the change of the delta. There are so many ways to actually capitalize on it. It's very fascinating. I'm still learning every day. Yeah, that's awesome. That was very informative. Thank you, Cal. I think I got a lot out of it and it's good to start to study these. So stay tuned for future Greeks. We'll probably try and do some more episodes on them to do a mini series on how these work and any questions definitely reach out drop us a line so thanks everyone for tuning in today that was methodical millions episode 26 if you'd like to follow future episodes you can find us at methodicalmillions.com 
or info at methodicalmillions.com for episode feedback. Thanks, everyone.